This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Do you want a mattress or a underwear or um, the other thing podcasts sell? Oh, the penis pills. Is your dick fucking broken on your mattress in your underwear? Then use the discount code FUCKMETWATDICKHEAD, 99.9% off at... Barblacksheep.com. Have you any wool? Yes, uh, I've got nothing. I've got nothing at all. I've got no ads for you. All I've got is the patreon.com forward slash the downbeat. Give me a quid, please. Don't give me more than a quid. Just give me a quid because I'm doing this for free. I'm saying no to the underwear. I'm saying no to the fucking manscape. I'm saying no to all the other shit. But it's burning me out, guys. I need a Lambo. I deserve a Lambo by now. Surely this content is Lamborghini-worthy. I'll just take rent, to be honest. Somewhere between rent and Lamborghini would be nice. I would say there's merchandise. Maybe if you're listening to this in the future, there's merchandise. Currently, there isn't any. www.thedownbe.at So it's past downbeat. I've got nothing in me, guys. I'm a bit fucking depressed, if if I'm honest with you. Five times I've had to re-record this because it just is too downbeat. (laughs) My guest this week was interviewed. It's not an interview. I spoke to her when I wasn't feeling this fucking miserable. So it's a really good conversation. So you should continue to be here. Um, It's Courtney LaPlante from Spirit Box. Canadian... I would say metalcore, but I fucking hate metalcore, and they're a great band, one of my favourite new bands. But I guess it's metalcore. Um, she's the singer. She's also got her own podcast, Good for a Girl. You get it? It's like when people say, "Oh yeah, she's good for a girl." Sexism, sexism, and that. Um, yeah, Spirit Box just announced their new album smash hit album that's not even out yet but i know it's going to be a fucking smash if i could buy stonks in a band i would piss all of my all of my earnings that i don't have any because you haven't signed up to the fucking patreon yet but if i had i'd put them all into spirit box stonks particularly for their debut album eternal blue which will be coming out in September. Look at this, I'm a professional now. I've got a new song, Secret Garden. We talk about that, the new song. We talk about loads of shit. It's really fucking good. It's Courtney from Spirit Box on the Downbeat Podcast. How are you? Good. I feel like I'm I feel like Michael bought me like one of those cameos. And I'm just watching a cameo of you. This is actually where I do the cameos as well. <laughs> Pro- production quality with the light in the background. Yeah, it's awesome. Because we, we watch a lot of your stuff that's like our little unwind at the end of the day or while we're driving around. We listen we listen to your podcast and then we watch all of your drum stuff on 
YouTube. So I know. Oh, that's cool. Guess yeah. what? I listen to your band all the time. I know. That's so why that's I'm stressed cool. out. I'm stressed out for you to get to ask me the, you know, about the band and you're, you might not like it anymore. I don't know. Why? Do you, are you Nazis? Well, I think, well, almost <laughs> as bad as that. We don't have any real drums. So. Oh, I mean, that was up there on my questions. Yeah. It's um, all like, fake. We'll get to that, but you you got a guy. We'll get we'll get to that. What I want yeah. to talk about is you're you're in a hotel room where? In Glendale, California. Like uh and, you know, you're Los from Angeles. Canada. Yeah. What are you doing? What's going well, on? Well, I did the classic like you know, the rules are a little uh they're a little relaxed down here for the pandemic. And so I um and did the classic musician thing where I intended to just come here for a month. And we just went to Joshua Tree, which we didn't leave the house at all. Like it was extremely remote just to record our album. And then we just did the classic, like, oh, stay a couple other, say a few more weeks, stay a few more weeks. Uh, We can get this done, we can get that done. And I'm finally, we're leaving next week, but we've been here unintentionally for like four months. Um, It's cool. Fucking hell, four months. Yeah. How long did the actual tracking take? A month. Wait, and there's no drums on the album? No real drums? No, but, you know, I track really slow. No, that's fine. <laughs> I was just... I, I mean, we take a month We take a month in there. I was just... I, I thought maybe... I thought maybe you'd do drums. No. I don't care. I, I didn't... I, it was too risky. Because our album needed to be, you know, needed, like, for us to plan our intended lives this year it needed to be done by the beginning of april and if we had tried to we didn't go to a studio you know we just we literally just rented a house so that we could all be together because we all are are you know living in different countries so that's why we haven't tracked the album because we wanted to do it all together rather than the two songs we we have put out holy roller and constance were like a la carte you know we, we tracked those remotely and it wasn't quite it wasn't very you know it turned out good but it's just i don't know if you've ever done that but it's hard to to do that over the internet like have someone in your ears telling you please try this again they're not in the same country as you it's oh, weird. i would i i simply would not do it there's no way no it um, stinks it um and then the, sorry go ahead i was just gonna say no, it's. I've forgotten what I was going to say. It doesn't matter. You go. Well, I, I, I'm I, a fucking. Um, I'm so unprofessional and I'm tired. Go. Dude, you, me too. You I was going to say that we. This just wasn't the time for us to experiment with attempting to record drums and then hoping our drummer could get someone to do it where he lives and then hoping we liked it. And then hoping everything was fine. We did the, we already, the drums were already written when we were in the studio. We just tracked guitars and, and bass and singing. Right. Okay. And now I remember what I was going to say. Thank you for <laughs> just bringing us back on track there. Um, so it's a, the, the best thing about program drums and like, especially demoing, or if you're still writing, you've got stuff left to write for the album is you can go, Hey, this doesn't work let's move that whole chorus to the end and you can just cut it and 
whack it on the end. Whereas if the drummer's already taken, like done all their takes and it's all edited, you're kind of fucked. Yeah. That's why when we record, we record the drums last. So we do, we track the entire album, uh, album to program drums and then right at the end I track. Which I guess if you didn't have a pandemic going on, that would probably be the same sort of route you could go if you wanted to. But like Tesseract is one of my favorite bands. They've never recorded a single drum on their albums. I wouldn't have guessed that. But I guess they they write similar to, to us, I guess, where they kind of demo, the guys writing the songs kind of demo out drums. And then who writes drums in that band? Does, uh, does the drummer a, write them? A, a cool, Ackle writes it all and then the drummer sort of humanizes it later on. Yeah. We're kind of in the same boat where, you know, Mike, Michael presents us with full songs. He, he tracks all the instruments and then, you know, Zev, our, our drummer, he um, just takes it from like us who are old and decrepit and we haven't played drums physically in a long time to, you know, humanizing it and a little more, you know, he has the the spice and just makes it more professional sounding and like has his own flair on it. There's only one, there's only one. Cause see, I wouldn't have guessed if there wasn't, there was, there's one set of ghost notes. I think on Holy Roller, there's one set of ghost notes, which a drummer wouldn't play. And I heard it and I went, ah, oh, programmed. <laughs> but if it, yeah. if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have guessed because metal production and program drums are almost the same fucking thing at the moment. Well, we, you know, we'd prefer to have real drums just because it just, I find that more fun. I kind of like the challenge of making it sound good. Um, but, you know, I can't wait to tell the guys that there was a section that you found in there because they're they take it very seriously and they are going to be so pissed. Like they're going to, they're going to never speak again they're they're probably gonna leave us it's just that a drummer wouldn't do it yeah yeah i can i can tell you exactly what it is it's like it's the it's the tail of of the chorus and it's just yeah yeah there's two snares in a row before two ghost notes in a row before a backbeat and that's quite hard to play well so most drummers would have taken one of them out uh and then i was like oh this might be programmed you but know that's what? Not, there's no shade but no do you shade. remember when you were like that's the one thing anything that zev has written for drums is always a lot more flashy than what we're writing because he has the strength and the passion of a 20-year-old man. I know we're all old and shot, so and in our 30s. How old are you? I'm 32. Are you? Is, is everyone else 32 and then you got baby drummer? I'm not even the oldest one. Our bass player is 35. I'm 32. And then Michael, my husband, he is turning 30 this week. So Zev is nice. our... You got him young. You got, you got him young. Nice. Yeah, I mean, that's the only way that, that's literally the only way that you could possibly find someone who's willing (laughs) to drop everything and go, hey, do you want to go to Europe and make $100 a night and open this tour, even though you've never met us before? And uh, that's why we met Zev last year. So um, that, you know. Yeah, the fire. I, I, 
I'm rapidly losing my fire. <laughs> the financial freedom as well oh. of being 20. <laughs> oh yeah, just 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 in general like hey, we might have to sleep on a floor this night. Like it's not that I'm above that, it's that I'm old and I've yeah. been doing that for 16 years. I am never there was one last time where we stayed at a promoter's house and it was quite recently. I'm not going to name the promoter. But everyone was like, yeah, you, you got to stay at the promoter's house. It's amazing. So we were like, okay, let's just stay at the promoter's house. Like you would when you are like in an up-and-coming band, which there's no shade. There's nothing wrong with doing that. But then we got there, and me and Drew had to share his kid's bed. His kid wasn't there, thankfully. Fuck knows where the kid was. But me and Drew shared one little tiny little tea towel-looking blanket on this child's bed. Uh, and it was just like, okay, this is this is not this is not happening. No, we're too old. Our joints are too achy, and it's just. I I wish if I, my life would be easier if I could still do that. I'd make a lot more money if I could still do that because I could save so much money. But like, I can't sleep in a van, you know, and do drives five day drives to get to this show. You know how it is in the states, just like these wild drives to like get to your first show this way or that way, routing shows, oh. all that. I don't want to do Where that anymore. Where are you anymore. based? Uh, we, all, we all live in Canada. Um, in, in the in, same part or all over? Uh, Michael and I live on Vancouver Island in this place called Victoria. And then Bill lives in Vancouver, which sounds like we live close together. And technically we do, but since we live on an island, you know, you know how it is. I was just is. about to say, a real life <laughs> island. Yeah. So, so to like, start a tour, not only do you have to fucking like drive to LA or whatever, yeah. but you have to get a boat first. Yeah. A boat or a plane. There's no road. You know, there's no road that takes you insane. off. So I can't even ever comprehend us at this point in this band ever like starting a tour locally and then making our way in a, in a vehicle. I think we're just going to meet up wherever a tour happens. And then our drummer lives in the States. He's, he lives in Pennsylvania. So, you know, we never get to see him. I've seen him like two times in my life, once on tour. And then he came to do a music video and, you know, hopefully I see him this summer when we do shows. <laughs> this summer, 2021 summer. Yeah, we're doing. Well, we're oh, doing ready and lean. Playing in, the, in. Yeah. Do you want to come? Is that too far I away? I mean, here's the thing about Reading. That's where I grew up. That's where I was oh, born. Oh, yeah. Because you you live I, in Glasgow, right? I live in Glasgow now, but yeah, stick me on your list. I mean, I don't know if I have maybe, a list. I don't know. I don't know if of small you bands. Do. I don't know. I haven't played a festival in six or seven years. I don't Let know. Maybe I get three. You've got ten. You've got, I got ten. ten. You're, yeah. You can, yeah. You're the ten, dude. Come on. Fuck you should, yeah. You, honestly, it, it's good. We, you should come and assert your dominance over our young drummer, and that will like really, you know, intimidate him. You know, we'll be like, wow, that mm. Craig. He sure. I bet he wouldn't have. I bet he would have caught that ghost note. You know, in Holy Roller, I, he would. He would have caught it, Zev. And Zev, and I'll be like, wow, you know. The, the, Do you bully him? It sounds like there's a bullying dynamic here. It, like, we don't have anyone else to bully, so we have to bully him. He's the youngest. Um, bully the youngest one. Yeah, you know. Um, so, right, I want to touch on something before we go any further. For people that don't know, what did you do before Spirit Box? 
band wise i was gonna say before that i worked at a I was like a barista and a, <laughs> and a and a payroll clerk, but and a hair and a, and a receptionist. But then before that, I uh, was in this band called I Wrestled a Bear once. I was the replacement vocalist, which, as we all know, the, the, it's the worst thing you could possibly do. It's like the being the second wife, you know, the stepkids. They, they're not gonna like you. But also I mean, our band stunk, you know, like we, st- <laughs> you know, there's just a couple of us that are like relics from the past and you wonder how did they ever get that far. And I think it's just because, you know, it was a, a band that came from just like purely liking to make crazy music. There was no other ulterior motive and it just was right place at the right time. And, you know, all one word. In two thousand, a full one-word oh. name in two thousand seven is was the hot ticket item, and then we just Straight kept on, going. On the t-shirt, <laughs> and, and then, then we what, just kept um, going. <laughs> how long did you do that for? Three years, like from twenty. Well, yeah, twenty twelve, and then and then my husband Michael joined in twenty thirteen, and then is we, that how you met? No, we. I, he's from the same place as me. We were already together. Um, I just, are, you, are you sweethearts? Are you childhood sweethearts? High school sweethearts, that's the word. Well, now it? I'm old enough that like, yeah, because we're, I mean, we've been together for nine years, but we didn't start dating till he was 21 and I was 23. And then I start, I joined Iwabo and then have you ever, have you ever gone into a band and you can just tell that like there's other members that are about to age out? So you're like already you have like your buddies on speed dial being like, hey, you should probably learn these songs. That uh, was Michael. Yeah, I had like I've been in a couple of bands that were just revolving door situations, and that ba- those bands never, never end up making it properly, do they? It's just there's something, something smells bad in the dynamic. You can't figure out what it is. Yeah. But it just it never quite gets. The only band I can think of that's done it is Counterparts. Yeah. The only band that's had an insane amount of members, but because Brendan's still there, it doesn't really matter. It's fucking Brendan, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and it's all and he's always getting actually good people. So, you know, we were we were like that too. I, we got Michael, and it was so great to have him go from like being my long distance fiance man to getting to be in the band with me and get to make music together again because we were we were in our old local band together for briefly um but then we decided that we kind of got like it's like we woke up you know we were just like this isn't really working well you know there's a our, the main the main guitar player was he took a couple tours off because he had a really awesome production job and we we're like up on stage and i'm like none of, we're all play, none of us wrote this song you know, like there's not an original member up here because the original member wasn't there, and I was like, "This sucks." And yeah, so, I've been in I've been in bands like that. Yeah, hundred percent. It's just not motivating. And it sucks. So what? What did you do in the fucking interim then? Because there's like a fucking what seven year gap, six year gap. Yeah. Well, we immediately decided to, you know, make make music. Like that's the first thing we did. We were like, "This is our two. There's two weeks of tour left." So we we're like, "This is our two weeks notice," and. Um, we then were like, all right, let's make a new band. And we don't really quite know what it's going to sound like or what it's going to be, but we went home and got normal jobs and, 
you know, just, I think Michael was delivering pizza and I was working at a cafe and just whatever, you know, it was really hard to get a job after, especially with that gap in your resume of not, you know, in the, in the normies mind, you're, you haven't done anything in like six years. So (laughs) yeah, I haven't had to do it yet. Luckily it's humbling. So what have you, so what have you been doing for, uh, 12 years? Yeah. Uh, Uh, just go on the internet bro i'm there well you know how it is there's a lot of people like like us who really just should have already had a a supplemental income other than the band and we should have been at the time you know not having not knowing about maybe other opportunities that we could have gotten for ourselves we definitely should have had jobs you know and tried to make that work yeah but but i i don't know i kind of disagree because i feel like like back what we're talking about the 20 year old fire like Mm -hmm. you need the fire so much in your belly that you just block out all the other jobs or whatever and then it finally ends up working because i reckon if i'd have had a job like a serious job you know i had part-time jobs or whatever then i feel like there would have been some moments where it's like oh okay can you do this or you you have a double shift booked that weekend that's good money or this opportunities come up you can't afford to do it and then i wouldn't have done it and then it would have been fucked that would have been good for us blinders on (laughs) for that situation that would have been better for us we'd have been like yeah we should probably not tour so much and invest all our time in this band it's not making us any money and we live in our parents basement and i can't afford pants i needed new pants and i (laughs) know i had to patch them up (laughs) yeah but now you you don't realize it but that is what fucking makes you and now all of that is practice for now and now you've got a new band that rocks and you're going to be smarter about it because of the past trauma (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think it's i think it's good i i i I never thought that like i would be um happy about the age in which i'm starting to get to do all the things i want to do in my music career i i I always figured i'd be stressed out and i would have wanted to do that you know at age 22 not age 32 but i kind of like it because i'm i'm just older and confident and I, you know, I have more experience and so I have a bit more wisdom and I already did all the stuff I wasn't supposed to do that like was a complete disaster. So we've learned a lot from all that. Yeah. And you can appreciate it more now. The yeah. only thing I, I sometimes just get pangs of like, oh, I want to do this forever. But realistically in 20 years time, I'm going to be 50 fucking 54. So this can't last forever. And the pandemic, I don't know about you, now it's opening up, I don't really care that much, but I was really worried about, like, wasting the best year, like, the last of the best years of my life. Like, I should be on tour, how long can I be touring for more, like, seeing places or what before I'm fucking, like, legit too old to do it? Because I'm not in tool. I can't just go, hang on, guys, I'm going to take 13 years to record this next album. Yeah. Yeah, so we the have pandemic to keep going. like freaked me out. The pandemic freaked me out like that. Like I'm wasting, I'm wasting my musical hot years. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, that's so. I've I've been feeling like that for, for six years. Um, really stressed out about that because I, 
I, I, you know, I, I started writing music for this band when we were 26 and now I'm 32 and I'm like, I'm wasting all this time. But the, the pandemic times, the stressful time for you guys and all the other hardworking touring bands, this is like, we're back in our comfort zone. We ventured out of our comfort zone for the one tour that we were on ever. And that got, of course, the one tour that we go on was the beginning of the pandemic. We were in Europe when it got canceled. Oh, uh, who were you out with? Uh, after the burial and uh, Make Them Suffer in Polar. And we are the opening band. And we finally got someone to take us on tour. Like that was so hard to get that tour. And we have the same management and we were just like, you know, we'll do whatever you want. Just, we just want someone to take us. So that way you've co-signed us and people start letting us on their doors, please, for the love of God, please. And they were nice enough to take us. Um, But you know, so we're back in our comfort zone. This is what this is all we've been doing. We haven't had to buy gear and worry about who's going to be the driver and and all that logistical stuff. We've just been able to sit here and focus on making music and making music videos. And that's it. For for it's 4 years. Of, it's almost like the fucking stars are all aligning for you to just come out the gate. There's been no stress here. I mean, obviously there's been stress, but not like not like, oh my god, what are we gonna do? We just we just quit all our jobs to do this. Oh yeah, we and still we still fucked. have our jobs. What we, are you doing? Uh, I well, I I haven't worked in a while because I've been down here. But we we work in like data payroll stuff for um, hospitals. So Mike and I, Michael and I just sit there all day and just entered data in to like this person worked overtime. This person. Uh, has a, this special skill that they did. We just make sure the nurses get paid right. And then Bill is a barber and a mental health worker. So he's either like cutting hair or he is overseeing people at like safe injection sites. And then Bill's the, or uh, Zev is, he's the smart I, I one. Fuck Bill now. Yeah. Bill's just, you just sold me on Bill. I you was already no like, idea. this guy's the fucking best. And then you just said that and I'm like, okay. You have no okay. idea. You have no clue. Some soon the stars will align, and you will, you'll just, you and Bill will get to interact, and it's gonna be one of my favorite moments to to watch the two of you interacting. It's going oh, to be fuck yeah. great. But Zev's smart. He uh, he lives with his parents still because he's twenty. He he quit school. We got it. I feel really bad. Last year he was in school, and then after he went on tour with us, he was just like, I don't want to go be in school anymore. I, I want to just do this band stuff. And uh, so we, you know, we were a bad influence on him. But he was in school for like session drummers at this fancy school uh, in Brooklyn, uh, uh, you know, nah, just to do something. You did him a favor because that he would be paying for that right now and not being able to go. Yeah. Also, you got your whole life to go back to school. I think about this a lot. Like, I mean, I'm glad I went when I went, but I did exactly what Zev's doing. I did go and be a musician and it was bullshit but and i just did it to feel like i was doing yeah. something i learned a lot or whatever but i see friends who dropped out to tour who have have and are having an amazing careers because yeah. they dropped out they had the bollocks to do it um and then now they're like hey i'm gonna do that po- uh, political science degree yeah. and they're doing it and they are way more enthusiastic about it because they're older and they're wiser and they're not just fucking doing it 
to to go to college if you yeah. know what i mean oh yeah we all dropped I, michael never went to college bill never went to college he went he he was in an old band then he kind of he retired and then went to school for barbering which is expensive but i i dropped out of school back in like when i was in when i was like 20 uh but zev he he had a cool thing he was doing where he was just learning a lot about like specifically being a session hired studio drummer the one thing i do appreciate from his school that i didn't know when i was his age is they really um, taught them a lot about like the business side of things to which I appreciate because I'm surprisingly I don't have to explain a lot of that stuff to him even though he yeah. hasn't really done a lot of that kind of stuff because he's already been um, coached in that regard but the cool thing is you know now during the pandemic times when he can't tour he has a, he gets a lot of session work from all sorts of genres of bands so he's very self-sufficient which is good that's cool. I followed him on Instagram the other day. He's fucking good. Really, He's really good. good. Good content for a 20-year-old kid as well. Nice. He's learning a lot. And, you know, I think that he... I'm just happy to get to kind of watch him develop his drum sound. You know? He's... he's he's. When I was 20, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And none of us did. So it's kind of cool working with someone who has known what they want to do with their life since they knew what that meant. So he's, you know, I mean, he's only been alive for 20 years. Don't get upset. Yeah, I was going to say, when you were 20, you thought that as well. He's known Definitely. that he wanted to be a drummer, a professional drummer, since he was three. He's been drumming. Three? Which, you know what's so gross? That was in 2003. We call him Y2K Man because he was born in the year 2000. So that's his name in our band. How gross is that? Y2K, man. It's 2000. Funny the year 2000. Um, two, no, that should... No. No, he's I too was, young. Uh, I remember the the year 2000 parties, you know, the New Year's Eves and uh, loads of fucking... Oh, what? All the computers are going to attack yeah. us. Nothing happened. He wasn't even born. What was that even about? The Y2K bug? Maybe he's the Y2K bug. I don't know, but I I remember I was like I'm staying up for this, like I, just in case yeah. everything. Wor- so I had never stayed case. up late before, and I was like, let's do this. I was like, I guess I was like eight or nine, and I I ripped. You know, I stayed up to like twelve thirty just to make sure everything was okay. Just check everything. Clocks look weird, but okay, let's go. Yeah, it's done. <laughs> yeah, so it's you know what I, you know I feel like it's. I'm always going to be indebted to Zev because he proved before any cool stuff ever happened for my band that he was down, you know, like he, he came in there when we needed someone. We didn't have any, we took this tour without having a drummer unbeknownst to, to our management and after the burial. Wow. Yeah. So we, because we had, we had someone that was drumming with us, but then once we got this tour, you know, he was like, I can't do that. I I can't take off work and i can't i can't do that for you guys so i was like okay well still say yes to the tour and hopefully we find someone in the next couple months to drum for us <laughs> unfortunately so, he was from another country so we didn't get to practice till he flew up here and we, we did one practice and then we started doing shows i mean that's what i did with stray baptism of fire that's the way yeah, to do it it's good what, did you lose money on that tour like big money well i i didn't because um, 
we had a factor grant from in, from Canada. Like it's do you love have Canada. Like that? Yeah. No, but you so guys we only roll for this shit. We only did the tour because of that. We that's why we hadn't gone on tour because I there wasn't an opportunity that had presented itself that I felt comfortable losing like twenty thousand dollars on. So um, that one. You know, before everything went bad, though, like things were going awesome. We were barely yeah. making any money in our guarantee, obviously, but just off merch, I was like, you know, doing my math and 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 figuring out like bus costs and all that stuff. And I was like, we're making great, we're making money. But we did we did break even after a little while, even despite having to spend like twenty grand to get home. Um, nice, you know, because of the. The pandemic, you had to just take whatever flight there was. Uh, Traumatic. Tom manages that van, Unity TX, and mm-hmm. they were like really nearly just stuck in Europe. Ugh. It was last minute shit. Yeah, it sucked. But it, it made us all, I think it made us all go, okay, if we can handle this, we can handle whatever else is thrown on at us when we start touring again. Because we, we made yeah. it through, you know? I feel like everything's going to get everything's going to be super easy for everyone now in terms of like they know what's coming, what to prepare for and mentally like I feel like I'm going to be way better because I know the tour isn't the end of my world like having to take something that maybe we wouldn't have taken yeah, that we would have taken. Like, oh, the guarantees are shit, but it's great exposure. Like, yeah. I feel like now we'll just be like, no, yeah, <laughs> no, so, sorry. Like learning to say no because the unknown, which is not being on tour, isn't actually that bad now. Don't get me wrong; I had a year of fucking mental panic attack shit. Yeah, it's like an now, existential like, crisis yeah. for every band, and I think there's going to be a lot of bands that don't make it out of this because. They realize that they're just going through the motions and just taking shitty guarantees just to be on tour to get away from their shitty lives. That's why I was touring, so I didn't have yeah, to deal with I know my life. So many people life. That are like that. Yeah, so I think that I think that all that's good though for people to figure that out. But I think a lot of us, like I, you know, you guys, before I was in, I wrestled a bear once. Actually, I think. I wrestled a bear once went on one of stray from the paths first ever tours back when they did like sounded really different. It was more like, like death core or something. It was, it was like their very first stuff. And they went on tour with that band. Otep. Oh, that's the worst tour they've ever done. There's yeah, story, they, I, a lot of stories so about that tour. I, I, they, I've been lucky enough to hear many of them from my old bandmates. And then also from the stray guys, I, I did, I used to see them at shows sometimes, you know, cause they knew my band. So we'd go hang out or we did, um, we did, you know, the all-stars tour. You remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. They did all-stars tour with my band in 2013. So I, it was cool. I got to like meet those guys after hearing stories of them from my bandmates for a long time. So, um, yeah, they've told me some amazing stories there. They are. I feel like most of the bands that we all know, the people in the bands are all very entertaining, fun to talk to people. So they, I, I had to sometimes like leave hanging out with them early because they, I, they'd make me laugh so hard that I'd have to 
excuse myself because it was starting to damage my voice before I went on <laughs> stage. <laughs> so I just leave. Yeah, Tom's always saying you're a fucking fucking legend. So we need to sort some some sort of fucking tour out. That was to, uh, oh, that would be so fun. I need fun. to meet Bill. I need to watch your band all the time. You like Michael a lot that. too. We can make that happen. You'd like Michael a lot too. A lot. You feel like you guys would get along because he is he he just loves he loves you like ah, dude, see, i love everyone that loves me that's fine i know it's it, it's gonna be really great for your morale and self-esteem to have us that's just pun- we'll just stand life. there punish we'll just punish you the entire time about your awesome podcast and your twitch channel and all that stuff like we love it i'm gonna i'll punish you about your music that's very good and then Anne can punish you about uh your blue hair color yeah she's, you know <laughs> She she tries and fails. I actually have a photo with a Courtney. How do I say your second name? Laplant. Laplant. Oh, so see, because I'm English, I would say Laplant. No, that's that's cool too. That's that's your way. That's that, the, that's the it, proper way. Is it way. fine? Yeah. Because because I'm, I'm not at all, but it is plant, French. If I said plant, Laplant. There. Laplant. Laplant. Hang on, which one? Laplant. Is that yeah, one right? That's right. Okay, Courtney Laplant. I'm just happy. That's right. Yeah, any way you say it's fine. I don't. I don't care. Okay. I'm from. I'm, I was raised in Alabama, so everyone there is like Laplante, Courtney Laplante. Before I moved to oh Canada. Oh my god, that voice is incredible. Yeah. That's what I used to sound you got, like. You got. You got a good. Really? What have you done? You've got rid of it. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I've lived in Canada longer than I've lived in America. Now I've lived there. For I moved there when I was 15, and I've lived there for. Give me 17. some real fucking southern. Give me some southern. Well, you know they're accent. all very they're all very different. The one where I'm from is more like twangy, like a pear. <laughs> it's you know That's so American. It's more today. like I don't know, I don't know where where are y'all going, like that. Like hey y'all, I need go get me a vanilla sweet cream cold brew from Starbucks if you don't mind. <laughs> so that's I the one it. i that's the one i have the alabama one's more twangy but so i have a weird accent because i also i lived in canada a long time and you know they sound they just sound like they're always like doing like a shrug they're always going oh yeah oh, oh yeah you fucking know i've I never thought of it like a shrug but yeah you're right they're always just going <laughs> oh i always think of bill bill has People the most canadian accent and he really yeah so i just imagine him cutting someone's hair and you know when like you have a client who's really boring and they just keep talking and you're not even really interacting anymore you're just going oh crazy oh so i always just like have uh, pretend he has his scissors up and going oh yeah yeah for sure fuck yeah crazy that's the canadian west coast canadian <laughs> accent but I don't so want to be, you know, I'm very, I'm self-conscious because I don't ever, I don't, I don't want to make fun of my bandmates because that's like all I do in normal life. So it's really mean to do it on, on the air, but so they're all perfect. No, it's gentle <laughs> ribbing. Gentle ribbing is fine. They're all perfect and have never done anything wrong and I'll die for them. <laughs> and I'll, I'll use that clip. That'll be the clip that I use. <laughs> um, right. So it, if you're from Alabama, like, I, I love your band, right? But I don't know fucking anything. I don't know anything about lyrics. I don't know anything about anything. I sort of know a bit about some some little things. You got you got some Christian? You got some Christian in you? I mean, no, I just love Christian imagery because it's so dramatic, you know? So I, no, I, you know, God stinks. No, I don't like... I, what? 
I'm not Christian. Okay, the, so you got the opposite. What's the what's what is a uh, holy roller about? Well, it's you know, holy roller is not a uh, not a it's a derogatory term uh, for you know a Bible thumper, you know, someone who just is yeah. profiting off of that stuff. And I guess that song is kind of like the devil talking to the um the subject you know it's like just someone who's really temptation and everything that the devil stands for which is kind of um what's the what's the word (laughs) no like the the just you know uh temptation you know the things whether that's a good or a bad thing um it's kind of i always i always whenever i write you know, not, not as myself. I'm usually writing as like the tempta- things that would be tempting me, whether it's compromising who I am or or just you know all the bad things about my personality, like that want to come out. Um, and I just love. I I grew up in in the church, and I love I love all the imagery from the Bible. It's there, it, there's oh, some it's be- there's some awesome imagery in there. So I use it a lot, and a lot of people. A lot of people think that we're a Christian band, but we're not. I think it's just because we have the name Spirit in our name, and we have a song called Blessed Be. I wasn't... Yeah, it, it honestly, it wasn't... I didn't get Christian vibes. The minute you mentioned Alabama, and then you just touched on it there, like you grew up in church, I wasn't sure if it was like a rebelling against a childhood Christianity <laughs> I guess type so. thing. <laughs> I guess most of what I do is, if I think about it. You know, yeah, you can't help it. Yeah, that's I was getting at there. You can't you help it. You don't give me big Christian energy. <laughs> you give me the opposite. But I was wondering if it came from a place. BCE, of like, big Christian energy. B- yeah, BCE. Yeah, and yeah. I, I I just I've always written about imagery that I've gotten from, you know, the ho- the Holly Bible. I can't the help ho- it. The Holly Bible. Hey, <laughs> the album, um, the Straight from the Path album, Only Death Is Real. Um, comes from it there is a, also a fucking hellhammer album called only death is real which is uh, probably my fault by accident i didn't do it on purpose but that <laughs> comes from um my signature move was i would go to when we were staying in hotels i would open the bible at the the part of revelation where it is in capitals and says like Oh Babylon, the whore, the the destroyer of worlds, uh, the whore, the harlots, all that fucking shit. And I would circle it and I would write only death is real on it. And I would leave it open on the bed in hotels. Uh, and I'd do it like maybe, maybe like 30, 40 times a tour just to try and freak someone out. Like do a little, <laughs> do it, do a little pentagram, circle that and then write only death is real. They're like, oh my God. I gotta get out of here. The first time, Tom was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" I was like, "Yeah, it's a little calling card." <laughs> I, I, I tell you what, I wouldn't draw on the Bible because I didn't want to get uh, the band in trouble. But that little notepad that they give you with the pen, I would draw it all on the pen, and then I would put it in the Bible at that page because it's weird. It's like all capitals in that mm-hmm. part of Revelation, and then I just leave it on the bed, but with the with the note poking out, so it was like creepy Resident Evil style. That's so creepy. I like it. 30, 
30 to 40 times at all. <laughs> just for fun, because I'm a fucking psychopath. <laughs> I love that, though. You probably, you know what? I'm sure there's people that, that happen to them and they still talk. That's like their little story they tell their friends. They're like, honey, I went to this hotel and there was a the the devil obviously was in the, the room so i checked out was in the room you joke though once i was just lying on the floor stretching in one of our hotels and i looked under the bed and there was so much blood we had to change room there was like i've been i've been murdered amounts of blood how was it like dried blood or fresh blood or it was drud. It was dried. I just said drud. It was drud. <laughs> dried oh my blood. god! I wonder what yeah. it. I wonder what that was. I know. I think about it all the time. Like, was someone killed in there. It seems like maybe it was like it's usually a sex thing. You know, it's probably a sex thing. No, but it, it, no, it wasn't enough to be like a an anal accident or a lady time situation. I, it was. Like, I've had my head cut off amounts. But it was all under the bed. Yeah, as if maybe someone had been slain atop the bed and it had dribbled down. Oh, that stinks. I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like yeah. that. You should follow up. <laughs> I can't remember the hotel. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> remember that time we saw the blood? Oh, even just Googling it because it might come out, might have come out by now. Some yeah. sort of fucking, some sort of demon shit. Okay, oh. right. Let me get on. Let me get on subject before I derail everything. That's not how. That's. Don't worry. That's not how. There's a reason why I was like, I got to start talking at ten, not twelve, because I talk. In you're a big big talker. Yeah, I just I just, you know, it's I think it's like, I think it's we're all like this. I think all musicians that like tour, we're just so used to just sitting with a bunch of random people we've never met, and then having like four hours to kill and we just, just talk talking. about shit <laughs> i fuck honestly i fucking love it i i love it and i need it that's why i love streaming because i just need to talk partly because i just don't want to be alone with my own thoughts but also partly just because i i need to do it i need to exercise my my tongue and my brain at the same time i think a lot of musicians it's like all a lot of musicians secretly want to be comedians and then a lot of comedians secretly want to be like rock star people. I think that's why there's such a big connection there because it's just a bunch of people that just sit around and talk to each other, killing time. It's like one of the I, few things where you do that. I wish I was a comedian. I, ha I have a stand-up set pretty much finished. I was going to do it in 2020. It was my New Year's re resolution. I was just going to go and do it somewhere without telling anyone. Um... But now, I don't know when that will be. I can tell you, you. I could. I could see you doing that. I think you'd be great. Thank you. I would. I just want to try it for the sake of it. Just see. See what happens. Because Twitch is fine, and it's like, I get. I. I get a lot of my like. I need to be funny. Please massage my ego out on there. But you don't get the real time laughter from a human. Mm -hmm. You get joke, and then. Watch what? Ah, someone said ha ha in the chat. Good. No, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, you have to watch Thank it. God. Yeah, I think that. Um, I don't know. I I think it's. I think that comedians probably like it's got to be the hardest entertainment job as far as like the like on stage because it's the one thing where you can't just like imagine if we couldn't just play the same songs over and over and we had to kind of 
tune them to the cater to the audience drastically every night and we weren't just playing a, th- a song that was already written and we were like constantly trying out Some, new material and all that stuff that'd be hard yeah but like jazz musicians do that though yeah. don't they yeah the real musicians mm-hmm. i know zev, they <laughs> zev can probably do that <laughs> yeah it, when he man when we when he first when he came to us like i said i've barely gotten to spend any time with this guy our our relationship building was cut tragically short by um the by the pandemic and because we we like I saw him a couple months ago for a music video, but I hadn't seen him in over a year uh, before that. And um, you know how, of course, you know exactly how that feels with you being away from your band. Um, but you know, he—it was so crazy to me as someone who doesn't know how to read music and doesn't know any music theory. Like when we were going to our first little warm-up show that we did, Zev just was sitting there. We were on the ferry, you know, we had to we had to drive over to Vancouver, and he was just sitting there, just reading his handwritten drum charts of our song, just reading it, just being like, okay, because he he had you know he practiced, and so he changed a couple things to to make it more realistic and practical and it was just so crazy to me watching this guy i'm like he's speaking a language right now that i can't speak i know what it sounds like but i can't i can't speak it it's just a yeah he's gonna he's gonna go far i like i've had a couple of jobs happen not that i'm like the scale of going far <laughs> but i uh, i've had a couple of jobs that i wouldn't have been able to do unless i could sight read music like two Oh, our drummer's wife's had a kid and yeah. we got a festival like in two days. And the, you need to the write confidence. fucking 20 songs. The confidence that would give is just amazing. Then you can just focus on playing your best, not remembering. I, You know, I joined my old band. I was I was at work. I was working at a yoga store, Lululemon, and they called me and were like, hey, we need, can you join Warp Tour tomorrow? Our singer quit. And I didn't have... It, I, man, if I could read music and so and like memorize all the notes that i was having to sing and all the patterns i was having to scream that would have been life-changing i didn't have that at all why did the other singer quit she she was like well obviously the real reason is because she was very unhappy in the band but she also i think the thing that made her go holy shit i need to do something different is she um she was there in the town where she lived in Dallas and she went home it's like hey I'm gonna go do my laundry and she was like she you know how some bands like their singers don't show up all the time like they just play instrumental all the time they were like that they they're they played instrumental a lot and so then you know she didn't show up and they were about to go on stage and she emailed them and she was like guys I'm not doing this anymore I just went home and I'm pregnant so like fuck this you know it it made her made her realize her priorities and was like fuck this shit i'm not doing this so she so she the playing without she bowed a singer out thing. yeah the playing without a singer thing why why is that ever allowed like obviously it shouldn't if somebody be is, we almost got kicked off the tour more, <laughs> yeah yeah if, if someone goes like if someone has to go away funeral something yeah. with their health or whatever yeah yeah fine but there's bands like especially in like the prog the gent bands like it's the singer's like oh guys i've got a sore throat and then everyone's like it's fine we'll do an instrumental set and they do it for like three fucking days and no one cares i would care so much me too there was one band remember i think it was monuments and the guy was like hey uh, i'm just gonna play a saxophone tonight because my voice is fucked 
Now that was sick. That's because he's that's still on actually kind of cool. <laughs> I right. would like he's, that. He, he fucking played the he vocal ripped. lines on a saxophone. Because his voice, his throat was shot, but obviously he can still use his lungs. I've never heard anything like that in my life. That's one of the craziest sentences in, in regards to prog imagine, genty metal that bring, I've ever bring heard. Bring it up. Imagine bring it up. Guys, I've got a really sore throat. Uh, I, I ain't going to be able to sing tonight. But. I can blow that <laughs> horn, baby. I got this sax. Yeah. I got this saxophone. With him. It was just with him. He just had it? Must it must have been. It must have been. He brought it with him on tour in a flight case. But that's the bar, though. If you're like, oh, I've got a sore fucking... Like, because I've seen, you know, Sam Architects with a sore fucking throat. He'll still go up there and he'll fucking kill it. I don't want to see... Oh, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I've got a sore throat. I want to see saxophone or you're up there. That's it. Yeah. Well, you know how it is. It's like well, by the time someone quits a band or a relationship, like they should have broken up many times before that. And it was just the hope and trying that kept that keeps you together for a little bit longer past your expiry date. Um, so oh, someone told me what that was called the other day. There's the a really sunken, good word for that. sunken cost fallacy. Where you've sunk that's all it. Those, yeah. That's what my, that literally is anytime I'm with any of my friends that are in bands that are starting out, that's what ends up happening. Like I start drinking and then I just start like ranting to them about the sunken cost, sunken time fallacy where I'm like, just because rant, you spent rant all to this, me. rant to just, me, rant to me. I say, just because you've spent all this time with these people or like trying to make it work with this drummer or trying to make it work with this person or recording an album with a producer or a, you know an engineer that's bad and your product is bad doesn't mean that you now have to put it out it's just because you've sunken all this time in, if in it you don't have to stick with people that are dragging you down just because you've sunken time into it and you don't have to continue being a specific local band you know that 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 is just trying to make it just because you've sunken so many years into it you can literally I, like I tell my friends I'm like you could literally never play any of these songs ever again and the, whoever the audience is that you're talking to or playing for doesn't care and there's a lot of freedom in that that you should enjoy because trust me once you start having all these preconceived expectations from your audience because you actually have a real audience it's very different and you have a different thing to navigate you know you're in a band where some people would be really sad if you didn't play certain songs you know, like, and you're going to do what you're going to do, but you know, and your fans will appreciate it no matter what. They'll be so happy to see you, but you know, there's a few songs that they'd be a little, dis you know, after the show, they'd be like, man, I wish they had played that song, you know, a majority of them. So there's freedom in being new and just being able to be like, fuck it. I'm not playing any of these songs that I've written ever. I'm playing all new songs and no one cares because you're new. Hey, I saw, I actually played a festival subtle flex here i played a festival with uh, the cure and bjork rocking and uh bjork came on stage she played her brand new album from start to finish on a headline on a headline set didn't address the crowd once played this brand new fucking album no one's heard any of it start to finish and then she just goes up to the microphone and goes my manager said I shouldn't have done that, but fuck him. And then she played the classics afterwards. But, like, 
an hour had gone by and I was just I honestly I wanted to mosh. I was just like, that is the sickest fucking thing ever. You are an artist always. Man, I love her. I feel like there's such a line of like you can almost see this line that connects heavy music to to Bjork's music because she's always been she's always been drawn to like some really dark music and i just feel like there's all these little nods to like industrial stuff and mike Patton and like yeah there's so much she has she she knows like she she's in i bet she listens to cool weird heavy music for inspiration so i love i've just i love her even though i don't sing like her um her music's really inspiring to me there's it's really dark it doesn't inspire me for making like structured stuff but just like being able to f- go off on a tangent within your song um and it's just more about the vocal and the emotion and then happening to have really cool words and imagery she's like she's one of my favorite singers i really love her yeah music. she fucking rips i didn't, yeah. honestly didn't know that before bringing it up it just made me think of it when you said about like i don't want to fucking i don't want to play the fucking old songs yeah but yeah that was one of the sickest things i've ever seen like a massive artist do wow and i think I think if it was anyone other than her, I'd have probably cringed. But she can do fucking anything she wants. Yeah, she's. Man, I, that's my dream. I like. I just want to be able to control my. I wish that you know. Once a song goes out into the world, it's like not your song anymore. It's your fan's song. But I like the control of feeling like I can just do whatever I want. I think that slowly can start to slip away from you as your band gets bigger. I don't know. I, I, but I'm trying to like hold on to it and not get caught up in that. Yeah, stuff. just do it. Like I remember when I'm, I was drum teching for Architects, um, after Hollow Crown. So only one. Uh, there was Ruin and Nightmares before Hollow Crown, but then there was Hollow Crown and there was Daybreaker. Mm-hmm. So I was on the Daybreaker cycle. So there's only two albums worth of material before the ones that they stopped playing and on that tour they just they were like we're never playing anything off ruin we're never playing anything off nightmares and it was like doing that on your fourth album just writing off the first two was like a power move and it was just like we just don't like the songs we don't like to play them it's not how the band is anymore we're just not doing it oh man that's that's fucking sick i love that band do you know of the connection between my band and architects i do not please tell me so, guess who Bill in Spirit Box went to school with and is his best friend since the age of six years old? Guess which member it's of got, the band? It's got to be the completely shaven, <laughs> you uh, know. Aer- aerodynamic, no, no. Ot- or- Otterman himself. The Yam. Adam Christensen. Yeah. The Yam. So, yeah, so Bill and Adam have grown up together for their entire lives. They played in a band together that was called A Textbook Tragedy. Uh, Bill, was, Bill was in A Textbook Tragedy. He was tragedy. the bass player for oh, it. Ah, I thought that's I why, recognized That's him. why Michael and I know Bill because we grew up listening to their music. You know, we were a little younger than them. They were like the cool band in our scene. And then um, Bill went and he then joined the band Living With Lions, which is like a, a cool pop punk band that we also really liked. And then Adam went off to join Architects. 
so uh, uh, textbook and architects have uh, toured together for you know since the both of the bands began so he's known those guys for a long time and i got to meet them when they came to uh vancouver to play a show you know we made the trip over on the ferry and then we felt really cool because we got to go backstage because bill was cutting all of their hair (laughs) so we were just like hey guys it's really nice to meet you oh sure well gee and and um you know what's cool and that i i'm so excited to tell someone because it will this will be out soon so when we were recording you know you know who was like hey i want to be on your album yeah, I know. I Samuel. Know, but yeah, I know. And then, so now we have like, it's so weird because it's like one of my favorite vocalists of all time. The song sounds the way it does because of their band, because we love their band and are influenced by them. And then he's on the song and it's a song that I purposely gave him the weirdest song so that no one would ever pressure me into putting it out as a single because I didn't want to use his fame, you know, in my band. But then he yeah. did it, and it's so good that it's like the best song on our album <laughs> now because his voice is on it. Hey, for, it's first awesome. world problem, child. First yeah, world problem, child. It's the biggest fucking stray song, and you can't like. Yeah, it's so you, good. You can get other people to do it live, but when Sam does it, it's yeah. just unreal. Yeah, so I I'm very honored to have, especially also I wasn't gonna have any guest spots on the album because I have a lot of, I have a lot of friends who I'd love to be on it, but there just wasn't time. So I was like, it's all or nothing. I, I want all my friends on it or none of my friends on it, and then but you know I didn't expect I don't really know him very well. I didn't expect him to be like. I'll do it, you know? So what am I going to say? No. No, we talk about your band all the time. He told me when he was doing it. I already knew this. This is fucking old news to me. Well, I don't get to tell anyone. Give me some new news. Give me Uh, some new news. Have you got anyone else on there? Who else? No, just Sam. I didn't ask ask anybody else because I didn't want anybody else. I wanted to be like, I was was like, I want to be like J. Cole. Album, no features, you know? Like, I want to show that I don't don't want to use my cool, fancy friends. I I want them to just, I don't want to feel like I'm using them, you know? But he just... I don't think anyone, at our level, no one really thinks like that. Do they? Uh, they do. I can think of some. I can think of some. Yeah, you know, We don't know. We, We always think of like... Who who fits this song? Yes. Or we write like what you just done. Like when we wrote Double Down, I think we wrote it and it was like this sounds like Kublai Khan. Oh, we should get Honeycomb. Yeah, like yeah. Just so I'd love to do that someday, like a more, you know, the Kanye West collab style where it's like it's not even credited. I don't, you know, I don't know, I don't really even like traditional features. So that's what was cool about this song because Sam was like, "Where would you like me to sing?" It, the song's called uh, Yellow Jacket. And I was like, the whole thing. <laughs> I was like, I want, it's like kind of more of a duet than a feature. Is it? Well, because I don't, I like collabs. I like real. I, I always, that is different. I That's, envision. That is hip hop. I envision us both on stage the whole time. You know, like I, I and tagging in and out, not just not, like an not awkward stand there verse. for a second and then running away. I like us to sing together. You know, I don't think people do that enough in yeah, metal songs. Yeah, that's cool as fuck. Yeah, so you know, I hope people. I mean, I know people will like that one, um, but I don't know what people are gonna think of. I don't know if they're thinking of the album. It's called Eternal Blue, the album, and um, it's 
it's gonna come out in September and it's just one of those things where like none of our songs really sound quite the same as one another yet so it's like every because we're new you know like we're still figuring it out so every time we put a song out uh, you know I feel like people are just really trained like remember on Twitter I was asking about that I feel like people are really trained to like whatever song a metal band puts out that single represents the band's project and like the product that you're gonna buy I hate what Everyone. is with that? What is with I, that? I, I cannot stand. Do you know what it is? You know what it is? It's Amazon Prime. That is what's just what's created this. Streaming and Amazon Prime. <laughs> Everyone can get whatever they want, whenever they want it. So for some reason, they feel entitled to it. It's a mixture of boomer mentality, but with today's technology, where boom mentality of being like you deserve this you deserve everything because back then you really couldn't have everything and that the the subtext is you deserve to go out and get it you and if you you know if you go out and get this then you deserve it yeah customer is always right yeah that shit whereas now we've got fast food culture meets that which is just i deserve this song to be a instantly downloadable and b exactly what i want and if not i shall be reporting to the manager yeah like that and it's you can't i can't really blame anyone it's a society culture thing i think sorry to go on a rant about this but i think honestly the pandemic might have woken some people up when when like talk of small businesses being affected when they've ordered something and it's taken forever and they've been like they've had they've ordered everything's taken forever and they thought oh hang on at the other end of this is an an actual human being who is trying like i think that's slowly because of the pandemic people are realizing that with music as well like i should just be thankful this is happening yeah the old music still exists the old sound still exists one fucking song i know you made that tweet because of the single because you sent me the single yeah because i'm really and the single is different it's different it's not really i don't know what it is i don't know if it's a metal song i don't know but it's so annoying I don't think you need to worry though i think I you're know. over worrying I, I didn't listen to it and go wow that's really different it's just very it's very earnest you know has a very earnest upbeat chorus that's like the song is sad the, but it's that's different I just really it's like a, almost like a two-step chorus. Yeah, this this song is like I wanted. I'm like, I I was like, what would the story so far sound like if they were in a kind of proggy metal band? Yeah. So like, I don't, Do I don't, what? I don't know. I feel like all the metal, all people that listen to metal, it seems like they. And I, I got a lot of really good questions back from the tweet that I asked about that, and a lot of people were like, it's because we're so used to bands being a certain way and then changing and you guys unfortunately you kind of like represent a part of our identities and so it's almost like you're abandoning you know our our identity which makes so much sense because that's that's why our this music genre is so awesome because the fans don't it's not this flippant thing like they truly are passionate about it but at the same time i think it's kind of our fault you know metal bands faults as well because we just we accept very mediocre full-length albums that truly i don't think need to exist as a full-length album you know it's like 
we all know the band that wrote five songs and then they're like all right well i guess we better write five more songs because we have to we're contractually yeah, obligated but that's, la- but that's the yeah that's the labels that's the system's fault it's not the band's fault but if you know you just making the, the same EP, stuff fucked. just making the same like when i listen to a lot of albums you know a lot of the time i sometimes i can't figure out where the one song ends and the one song begins because sounds very similar and i so i don't know if that's like just we all do that because it's a body of work it's one body of work meant to listen to all at once so it's gonna be from that time of when you wanted to create music like that and maybe that's why but yeah it's also you're you're right it's like the, the obligation of the 10 to 12 songs makes people feel like they have to put out you know a bunch of but uh, quantity also, i get i guess your metal metal core in particular like i can't fucking stand it there's very few bands that i like for those reasons yeah like, me too there's no everything sounds exactly the fucking same we all like, sound right now we all sound insecure architects, there's arch- there's architects that are now shifting slightly which interests me me too and then there is Every other band, obviously not every other band, but for the most part, every other band that sounds like Architects three years ago, or well, four yeah, years we're, ago, and then I'm just like I'm done with it. We're we're I don't we're for some reason we are willingly have chosen and we are all compelled as adults in our mid thirties to continue making music in a genre that's really been dead for like ten years. But we just can't. We're, we're, you know, it's stupid. But here we are. We just love now, it. Yeah, but you guys are doing something different. I'm talking about like the. Okay, let's move. Fuck. Fuck. I just fucking. Can I tell you? You know how we all all bands have like a their bit that they all do. You know, we all have like a bit. One of our bits is yeah. is the metal chorus. I am the one that does the stuff to you. You are the one that does the things to me. We are the ones that do the Love stuff. It. Love it. <laughs> you is that are, like that's your metal core? Fucking yeah. Muscle. I am the one that does this thing to you. You are the one that didn't do the thing. We are didn't, the ones. Didn't. But I think it's because I think it's because we're all like metalcore genre. We're insecure as fuck. We all are like we were there at the beginning. Yeah, we're insecure to us. We're insecure, and we all and by we, I don't mean I don't mean me. I mean we as a genre. We're like really insecure, and we want to make music that's like more successful. And so it's like a bunch of people that never cared about putting singing in their music, just thrusting a, a soaring uplifting chorus. Uh, Do you think that's what you did? No, not me, but like, that's the genre. Why I don't sound like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, why I don't really like a lot of it because it's just like a bunch of, it doesn't really feel like, uh, it, it doesn't feel like people are making that stuff because they like it. They, I almost feel like they, they're so insecure that they want to like figure out who they are and make a more, uh, you know, add some singing there to, to reach more audiences, but it doesn't really feel like they're people that 
you know have ever sang before <laughs> enjoy singing yeah it's this it's the formulaic like this is the verse this is the verse oh yeah this is the verse something we, in college yeah. font yeah and then i did yeah where and it's always like why are all these people always rising like why the fuck is every song about rising and overcoming like what have you overcome to explain yourself you know stop telling me that you're rising and overcoming I'd like to know what what you rose and overcame from, please. Like, I don't need to yeah, keep being ideally, uplifted. Ideally, in some sort of literary allegory, please, not as direct as you're telling me, I've overcome the bad time, terrible time, yeah. I want a little bit of fucking art in there. Can I? Can yeah. I have a little bit of art, please? I, I like a little, I like a little bit of, you know, a teeny pretentiousness. I need a teeny little bit of... Oh, I need fucking so much pretentiousness. I think pretentious makes with self-awareness. You know? I need maximum pretension. And that's why all the metalcore bands have always baffled me, because I feel like they're all the most self-aware people off the stage. They're very self-aware and, and very... Um, what's the word like they're really all, everyone's very self-deprecating we self-deprecating humor to cope with our shitty situations and they're some of the best most hard-working self-aware people so i want the genre to breathe again because i think it's a great mix of heaviness and musicianship that's that that could really be something so you know let's i i don't think it's dead it's not dead yet it's just on you know it's on life support though so we have to all figure out. I how don't. To... Th- I don't even think it is. I think I'm on fucking life support. Yeah, maybe these yeah, bands it's come, us These support. bands come out and they're fucking the same shit, and then they're fucking huge. And then I'm like, what? But I guess it's because it's a childish. It's a child. I'm not talking about your band. No, but I'm it is child. It's the, it's the, mature. It's a childish genre. It's basically pop punk. But heavy. Yeah. In terms of like <gasps> yeah. the context, it's just fucking heavy pop punk. And then, so you're always gonna get kids. You're always gonna get kids whose parents list, only listen to singing music. And then they go, wait a minute, there's a song with the raw, raw, but also with the yeah. Yeah. And then they get into it. And then they I, get into yeah. the, the formulaic vocally, bands. Vocally, when you're always turned up to an 11 like there's nowhere else to go so if you're always doing a scream that's very intense and then you have singing that's always just ripping just ripping at the top of the of the um of your register you know there's nowhere to go you're at the top that's why i I feel like i love your band for this reason because i think we're on the same wavelength with what we're done with and what we want to hear more of like i think of your band as and it doesn't sound anything like this but in terms of the way they're approaching their genre and why it interests me the 1975 of metal that would be quite the compliment i love that band the as in this they draw so much from so many other genres and so many different periods of music and they bring that to something new with authenticity without it seeming like they're copying or whatever 
And I feel like you're like the metal version of that, which is why <gasps> I'm into it. Well, thank you. It's it's really awesome. That's like my, my favorite thing about being down here is I've gotten to meet other music people that are doing what I'm doing. And it's so nice to, it's just so nice to like not have to explain yourself to someone for once, you know, like everyone I meet down here, they're all art. Everyone's an artist or they're an actor. Or, so it's just nice to like, you know, I'm not in, with you in real life, but I kind of get to look where I think your eyes are on the FaceTime screen and just like, you understand me without me having to like explain why I'm doing this. <laughs> you know why? I, and, yeah, you I, know, I fully fucking get it. Yeah, it's great, and and also just be, getting to be around other musicians that understand like the little milestones. You know, if I say like, "Oh, we did this many streams," you know, like yeah. I have a friend who's a music person who can go. I understand what that means. Good job, you know, or like. Um, oh, we're we're getting to play at this festival with these bands, and my friends, music friends, are like, I know who those bands are. That's very cool for your first festival, you know. So thank you. Little well, little things like, like that. Playing Reading, in, playing Reading in Leeds is uh, uh, like the biggest thing you could do as a heavy band in the UK. I am so scared. I am so so scared. Are I, you are you on the tent? In, I don't the, know the, the the pit stage. I'm You'll sure be fine. What, it's not I like sure, massive, massive, but it will it's be gonna amazing. Be, but it will be like it won't be the big stage. But for me, it will be the biggest stage I've probably ever played, and I'm and I'm really scared because I didn't intend for it to be this, you know, this thing. Like I didn't I didn't intend for my first show in the UK to be at Reading and Leeds Festival, where there's gonna be gnarly direct in recordings and you know all these people watching you know does like, it say i i want to check where you're playing i don't know if it's if it's even out yet let's see like it, what stage i'm sure it, whatever it is it's gonna be it, it's definitely the rocker stage you know like yeah daniel p carter stage it's gonna yeah it's gonna be the rocker the the daniel p carter rocker stage <laughs> So I'm I, just looking right now. It will be see if I can find it. It will definitely be a te- you know like there's like the te- I'm, I'll be under a tent. That's what I always say when someone's like, oh, what fest? You're oh, you're playing that huge festival. I'm like, yeah, but I'm like one of the tent bands, you know. I'm. Is it announced? Have we just accidentally announced it? Is it definitely announced? Yeah, no, it's it's out. I just don't know. I I don't know where we're playing because all oh, there you are there you are yeah you're on the pit yeah you're on the same day as uh fever creeper horror fever creeper horror yeah <laughs> that sounded a, a like fever, a creeper, sort of horror. <laughs> yeah that sounded like italian a fever to creep but a horror so there'll be other, there'll be other cool rockers box. there there'll be other cool rockers right. pl- playing at that time so you know we'll it will be fun like it's gonna hey, be really post, fun post malone same day Posty loves stray. Posty follows me on Twitter. Let's get the beer pong going. Okay. See, I'm, I'm, I'm on the back of my head. In the back of my mind, there's always all these little, um, these little like secret fantasies of that. Ha- oh, oh, look, he stumbled. Maybe I, I wear my cool band guy shirt, and then on his way to the stage, old Post Malone's like, hey, I like that shirt, and then I'm like. Hey, we should become best friends. And you no, should. I have the in. I have the in. We're good. We're good for that. Austin. That's. I know. That's I, I'm a big fan, so I know his name is Austin, and he, 
he I have some friends that know him too because um he he lives here and so eventually there'll be like too many there'll be you there'll be my other friend there'll be um we'll play festivals more with him and then eventually like he won't be able to help it he'll just be like another another alternative lifestyle person i see come over here watch me in my watch me leave in my jet would you like to be a crew member and then there it goes Wow, they really took a turn there. Yeah. And then you work, you're a crew member on Post Malone's jet. Yeah, I want, so I can be a flight attendant on the jet and then I can fund my, my, my rock and roll lifestyle that way. So that's like, there's all the, I, that's what I'm waiting for. So yeah, if you could just kind of... I can do it. Well, he invited Stray to his like complex when we played Reading and he played Reading uh, to play Vibhong. Okay, well, I, you know, I'm just going to be cool, but... But I'm gonna be ready. Like I'll I'll practice. I'll practice beer pong, just to be in case. Just in case. I mean, it's not difficult. I'm actually very good at it. So we can maybe get we'll warm up. We could warm up. Well, I hope you could fly. My fly also dream. I, my other dream is that Sam comes and then I get him. You know, we make him like perform with us. That also, I'd also really like that. To have him come out like well, secretly. You, you've made him have a fucking eleven-minute-long feature or whatever it is. So that's on you. Yeah. If he doesn't do that. Yeah, I know. I can't. I can't do that song. Have you ever? Imagine having to sing a song that that guy sings and by yourself. What do you guys do when you play that song? I don't like having to compare myself to that guy. Are you kidding me? Uh, Drew does it, but then also if there's like a band on tour with a cool singer, then we get them to do it. I can't sing like that you guy. Would be, actually, you would be doing it if we yeah. were on tour. <laughs> yeah. It would 100% be you. Yeah, you'd make, you guys would make me do it. You'd be, I'd, I would be like, all right, guys, I got, I, I got one minute left in me before I must go to sleep. I'll do it. Yes, but it's the last song. You could sleep before. Yeah, <laughs> that's already true. Packed up. That's true. All right. What else can you tell me about your fucking album? Okay. What, what else do I need to have done? Because... Let's I, see. I don't know uh, it's well, yeah. It's it's called Eternal Blue, and it is something that we've been working on for way longer than we wanted to. But we just had like an extra year to marinate it from the pandemic, and I really hope people like it because we didn't intend to not put an album out for this long, and now everyone has all these really crazy high expectations for this thing. So I really don't want to let anyone down. But I'm at that point right now where. Um, you know, when you've just completed something and, and for, you have this crazy, like superhuman confidence and you're like, this is going to change music. We're going to change the world. This is the best thing in the whole world. And then and then it's followed by like crippling insecurity that it's the, the worst thing the you've ever made. But I have a good feeling. And here's why we put out our song circle with me. We were very nervous to put that out. It's one of the most structured metalcore songs we've ever made. The video is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. But amazing. And here's why I think the album's going to do okay. Because I've looked at every comment that people have to say. Negative, positive. But... Don't tell them that. No, no. I, I do. And I and I like downvote the bad ones. I, and upvote the good yeah, ones. Yeah, sick. And I... Like <laughs> and, um, because I, um, I it's, it's a focus group right now. I don't have a crowd that I can look out at and see what they're doing i don't i can't i only have comments it's all i have right now so again i take i i I don't let them i don't let them have that much power over me but i'm fascinated by it because i look at it like a focus group 
thing. Like I'm, yeah. I'm getting to see what the, the test group says and I haven't seen anything that has anything to do with a negativity about how the mix sounds, which means that the mix is so good that no one's, you know, being hypercritical of that. They're just enjoying the songs. And I think if you can have that, right. if you can have that, then you're good. Like the, the I, I'm, I'm feeling really confident the mix about it. It's definitely a huge thing. The mix is fucking great. The mix on all your shit's good. Uh, no, the mix on all your recent stuff's good. Yeah. Now it's, now we finally spend all our money on that. Before we were just like, excuse me, sir, do you have a spare? A crumb. A crumb can of I, VST plug-in. Please, sir. Please <laughs> may I have the Chris Lord Algae plug-in, sir. A crumb of the Chris Lord oh, Algae. A crumb. A crumb, <laughs> of C- yeah. a crumb of CLA drums on every single drum. Yeah, yeah. And... CLA vocals on the back. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. So, so now, so very, pretty much since 2019, we've been able to invest the time and care and, and money. So, that, wait, did you it. mix it? No, but we have the same guy, Dan Bronstein, that's always mixed our stuff. And then from our song Rule of Nines onward, he yeah. has been there with us, producing with us, and really uh. putting all his time and effort into, you know, cranking out. When was Rule of Nine? That was in uh, the fall of 2019. When was Holy Roller? And that one was in the summer of 2020. In July okay, of so 2020. so it is from that point yep. when it got, got really fucking sick. Yeah, and so Rule of Nines and Blessed Be, we did in person with Dan because it was... Back, we, you know, we didn't have a record deal or anything. We were just like, okay, let's put these songs out as like our, uh, uh, you know, just to have something. We recorded all this music yeah. and developed it all at the same time um, and started building what we figured our sound would be and named the album and anything. Every, this album has been named Eternal Blue since before the songs were made. Wow. Um, and it, it's just, I need that like, um, what's the word? It's like my mantra, you know, like I have it there and I can visualize the album. Like that's what it's called. What does it mean? I don't know. And um, I I think that, um, so the other Constance and Holy Roller were done remotely because we just really wanted to put music out, but they were never intended to like be singles. You know, we just were like, we know these, these songs are what we want to put out now. We know this song. Are they all on the album? Constance and Holy Roller are and Rule of Nines and Blessed Be aren't because I'm just like, I don't. I just didn't want to put them on there. <laughs> okay, that, that that's good though, because otherwise you've got four fucking singles already for an album. Yeah. Which, but no, that's cool. We just put them on because we weren't going to, and then we were like, because they're old, and then we were like, you know what? Like we made these to be with this album, and yeah, it didn't feel right. It. It everyone didn't, does it. Like we made them all at the same time, so it didn't feel right. Rule and of, they're it, fucking bops. Yeah, they they you know they're ripping. They're ripping, and they're already setting the album up to do well. So I want them there. They need to be in the party. Rule of Nines and Blessed Be got cut, but Constance and Holy Roller they they deserve to be Constance. We made it to be the final song on the album. Like that's why we made that song. We were like, this one comes at the end of the album. What's that song about? That song is about my grandma passing away. My grandma died yeah, last year. I know, I, I know this. I the, just the sadness, to say it. The sadness is a, of the song predates that. The song was made in 2019, but the lyrics were made after my grandma passed away. So that song's extra special to me now, even more so than it was. But it, I, you know, I gotta have that song on there. Gotta have it. And then, and then. That's that's my favorite song. Oh, that's awesome! Thank you. 
um, the and that's like quote unquote your lightest song. Yeah, but it, it's different. It doesn't have like a poppiness to it for me. Like it, so I feel like we can get away with it. Secret Garden is very like you know it has like the and about to be an anthemic chorus there it is so i really yeah, but don't it's know not, fi- you just sold it like a metal call uh, the fire in the sky <laughs> i am the destroyer is that someone's is that someone's actual lyric a hundred percent i don't i don't know who it is but someone did that and you know we <laughs> definitely as are they dying every single one Always. that we've done today is Always. as are they dying my art uh dan our, our producer he has this thing where when we're making a part he's like he calls it the jingling keys part and it's when there's like a kind of a cutout before the breakdown happens and it's like dun 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 dun. and then when you're out you can hear the audience getting ready to start moving and they're they're all so their their carabiners are jangling (laughs) off their shorts and then and then you always hear someone off time go right before the breakdown comes in like someone's just as they're like smoked they're like and then so, uh, so he, the, I mean, he jingles right his now, key, Euro he jingles he jingles his keys and, and yells woo and that means that we're doing a good job if we're making something fuck yeah yeah so I, I don't know I, I hope I really hope people like it um, because I don't know it's good it's it, it was music that was like created in a vacuum you know like without any outside uh, me worrying about money can or anything yeah you can have it. I don't even. Thank you. I, I, I won't give it to anyone. I know. No, I have one of those things where you know it's like the watermarked thing, so you can't like yeah. send it. So I, I mean, can. I'll yeah, the stream thing. Yeah. Do you know what? I get put on those lists because for some reason I'm on the circle of like press. Yeah. You gotta do. You gotta do the downbeat, kid. But I say no to everyone because I don't like anyone's bands and I can't be insincere. Like, can't. Oh, do you want fucking X from? fucking ex metalcore band and then they come on and i'm like i couldn't have the conversation that we had about how much i hate metalcore <laughs> i have to be like so your singers uncancelled now or what's the you know i can't you even know, do that honestly all of, like all i want is i want them all in and yeah. i can go i want fucking i want to get tim lambesis on here dude and i want to go why the fuck did you try and kill your fucking I know. wife? Dude, what's up with the wife killing? Uh, that's what I want to do, because no one's done it. No one's had him on and, and just been... Everyone's had him on and been like, oh, man, so prison reform must have been difficult and all this shit. No one's gone on and go like, dude, how fucked up have you got to be on steroids to do that? Like, I would... I think I would feel better about his second chance if he was just completely fucking open and like tell me the story about how you fucking tried to kill your fucking wife because that sucks i feel like that guy would have probably that guy seems like a real piece of work anyway you know like aside from that so he tried tried to kill his wife so i probably quite you know like you probably overall in general stink if you do that you know so i feel like he probably sucks anyway you probably wouldn't want to talk to him I feel like maybe there's a there's a there's a wall. I feel like maybe it's not allowed because I get the weirdest requests when if I do like I've been offered people that I I'm interested in because of a specific part of their life. Yeah. And I will say in the reply like, "Hey, 
Um, thanks. Pretty interested in doing this for these reasons. And then nine times out of ten, the press agent comes back and says, oh, they won't talk about that. Please, we will not be doing any of that talking. And I'm like, well, I don't want you on the fucking podcast then. No. I don't want to talk about fucking as I lay dying. I don't give a goddamn shit. But I'd really like to know what kind of it is fascinating like it's fascinating even to like for him to defend himself and come back any uh, yeah there would be no come back to the stage i'd be like hey finally i'm gonna go work at trader joe's now and and live quietly that's what i'd do i wouldn't be like hey here's my chance time to be a fucking rock star again i would not do that that's what that's what i want to do i want to question it yeah. But I don't think it would ever be allowed. But I think it would do him favors. Me too. I do too. There's people there's people who definitely don't like him for, you know, on account of trying to kill his fucking wife. Metalcore is weird. Metalcore is so weird. It's like it's weird fake positivity. It's like we're all so very fragile that we can't just be like, yeah, that sucks. Like your band sucks. You know, I wouldn't say I wouldn't want to ever be rude to anyone and do that, but it's like, you know, if someone if have you ever seen like a bad review of a metalcore album? Uh, I don't, Not really. Uh, you know what I mean? It's very positive. Everything is so yeah. positive. Like everyone's like they try. Like the review will be like they played the guitar and they played the drums. There was singing and they sure did sing. Ten out of ten. You know, well, at the very least, a seven. Yeah. It's never like a fucking stink. But the, a part of that is, though, like magazine shit. I don't know if it's the same with music magazines, but I used to do some stuff for like drum magazines. Mm-hmm. And it's whoever, like, in terms of like gear reviews, whoever bought the most ads that month gets the highest mark. And if you bought an ad, which is all of the fucking companies, you don't get less than a four. Yeah. That's why I like... <laughs> They're not giving like... That's oh, why I like I podcasts. Pissed. That's why I like podcasts. Oh, because, love them. Because I feel like um, there's no pressure for the, the... You know, technically, you know, you're the journalist and there's no pressure on you from an outside uh, financial thing to to speak to someone a certain way. The worst case scenario is just that they don't do your podcast. That's the worst case scenario the, um, it's the best case. Yeah, like in some cases, it's the best case scenario. So that's why I like them. And I feel like also people are more comfortable in being themselves. Whereas sometimes I'm talking to someone and I realize that, like, I'm not really me. I'm just like, I'm like Courtney being interviewed. You Press know? robot. I hate it. And that's why I don't want to be it. And that's why, actually, other than bands like yourselves or bands that I actually enjoy the music, I don't. I don't want to do them on press cycles. I'd rather do people outside of press cycles. But when, you know, it's got 40,000 monthly listeners, it's valid press. So yeah. when it's either a friend or someone whose music I like, like I want to help with the fucking album. So I will do it. But before i forget you have a podcast yeah speaking of you having you liking podcasts you have a podcast i do What's your podcast good for a girl i only ever did five episodes but i'm, I'm gonna do some more i just i i just didn't want to like do all the 
I just haven't been in the mood to do like the you know intros and outros and the production part of it. I just I just want to I just want to. I hate it. No, I, 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 I just it. always am worried I'm gonna mess that part up and I like not record the audio properly or or whatever. And so um, I have some dream guests and I'm gonna hopefully reach out to some of them and I'm gonna do more. I really like it because. Like I really enjoy, I enjoy getting attention. I enjoy, I enjoy people giving me attention. I love it. I love, I love it. that. Sometimes I dress like a woman to get the attention. Yes. It gives me even more. I know. I love it. Just I know. Give me all of the attention. I know. Antifa needs to needs to rip on the <laughs> on Good for a Girl <laughs> about the mo- the most dragged out drummer in in uh, heavy music. That's her. That's going to be her slogan. Fuck yeah, yeah. I'm down. So, right, give me the give me the fucking. You didn't sell your podcast that well. Good oh. for a girl. Is that based on the f- sexist? She's good for a girl yeah. terminology. Yeah, right. that's that's the story of my life. Is people just telling me I'm really good at something for a girl? You know. So, uh, and all it I think sucks. all of us, and no matter what industry we're in, if we're good at it, uh, the chances are that we've been told that. You know, the, hey, if, you know, for a girl, you're, whether it's being a mechanic or, or playing music, you know, so um, we all have that in common and it's all really affected our lives in a, such a way that we, we are a little bit different than our, like our male counterparts and how we have navigated our professions. But it's also like, it truly is an excuse for me to get to talk to these people that normally wouldn't give me two hours of their time. And I get to learn from them because I'm really out of the I'm out of the game, and I've never really had access to talking to people like that that have, uh, you know, whether they're like corporate, like on the label side of stuff, um, or they are a tour manager or something like that. Like I've learned a lot, and it's each person I've talked to has really helped me. So it's you know it's just like one of those selfish things where I get to. I get to talk to whoever I want about whatever we want to talk about. And sometimes we talk about sexism and misogyny and sometimes they just give me really good business advice. So, um, or marketing advice or, or touring advice. So I really like it. I, I love talking to all these people and getting their take. And, and I just love the podcast format because you can just, it can go wherever you want it to go. and You don't have to hit all your points, you know? It's, yeah, it's talk radio, but for young people yeah i mean for everyone but the talk radio is generally considered old people shit um what you just mentioned though like sometimes we talk about sexism sometimes we talk about other stuff what i realized i was doing like i have some episodes that haven't been released and some episodes that won't get released um there's not been that many girls on the downbeat and that's not because I haven't tried. It's been because a lot of people said, no, I'm scared. Uh, like, boys and girls. Yeah. But um, so, like I did a couple of episodes with girls and then I found myself asking far too much about the sexism in the industry, which then became a weird type of... It felt like an extra type of <laughs> sexism. Like, hey, so what's your story? So there must be sexism, right? Yeah. Like, like almost like a fucking compounded sexism like you can't possibly be here to talk about anything else other than the sexism yeah that, do you know what i mean i know it's and weird. It's I, weird. I freaked myself out and i was like you know what i'm just never i'm never going to mention it unless it gets brought up and that's the cool thing about the podcast it will probably it will reveal itself 
you know like and if it doesn't then it's whatever. fine but i was yeah. like honestly i was in my own head about it yeah and I, then, that's totally fair you know honestly the one thing that i think i i if i may speak on behalf of the entire um population of women in the entire world i don't know if i have qualified um the one thing as a singer that i always find i I didn't even realize that it was kind of sexist is that everyone asks me how i'm 32 and i've been doing this for over 10 years in in a band and i have people ask me how did I get into this type of music always? And I didn't. And, and then I realized, cause I started listening to my friends interviews that I can't think of. I, I can't think of any, um, any of my male friends that that was brought up in a non organic way. Like it's brought yeah. up in an organic way where you're just like, what kind of, um, Wait, well, how did you start playing? Fucking yeah. Drums or yeah. Whatever? Yeah. Or, or just, it happens naturally. But no, you should have been playing with dolls. Yeah. Like so people are happened? fascinated <laughs> that I, that why do I, you know, so in a nice way, they're kind of asking me like, why did you, st- why did you start doing screaming vocals and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, I don't know this. It's not an interesting story. It's the same way that everyone else started doing screaming vocals they heard screaming music and then they created screaming music and then they just wailed over a pa and uh, with their s- shitty microphone until they learned how to do it right it's not an interesting story at all it's the least interesting thing about me you know is yeah is like they were that music. expecting you to turn around they were expecting you to turn around and go well i was in a completely pink room once yes and i was just there with my barbies and and then, then behemoth suddenly screamed, <laughs> and then Nurgle was okay. in the room next door, just screaming. And I left this pink room, and I went into the blue room, and there was screaming happening. And, and I, I thought, I want my the, hair I, is gonna be blue now. And I want the boys to like me. I sure know how to get the boys to like me. I'll start just riffing a guttural vocal while listening to oh. to despised icon. <laughs> <laughs> you know could, but I, I i guess i never thought about that being a shitty comment until recently because i always was an outsider in metal i didn't i didn't listen i was not exposed i didn't know who august burns red was until they had you know I, 2012 or something like i didn't i didn't know who any of those bands were i didn't listen to that kind of music i listened to weird music but i didn't i didn't consider that music to be weird music you know, like that right. was like, like I was kind of a more pretentious, like, oh, you know, oh, the metalcore will have you heard of a little band called Genghis Tron. You know, like I like I liked weird. Oh, it was quirky. almost like I liked it for the sake of like putting it on and looking I mean, at someone while while they Daughters, were watching it. Genghis Tron, Daughters. Yeah. Fucking, and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. or then like really, you know, I really liked um the locust yeah yeah i'm like hey these guys throw hot dogs at people while they perform you want to check it out so i i i was more into that and and i didn't i considered all this other stuff to be like a little bit more um commercial and then i started really then i started realizing that i was more drawn to technical ability you know and i started liking bands like animals as leaders and and all these uh, protest the hero. I really liked protest the hero when I was a kid growing up in Canada. It's like a rite of passage. If you're a metalcore band, you know, like you always are influenced by them. And I loved like despised icon, another Canadian band. Oh, fuck yeah. And 
um, uh, and Alexis on Fire and just more disciplined bands. You know, I started and I and that's when I started listening to, you know, the the olden timey boys like After the Burial and Veil of Maya and um, and Born of Osiris and all and that kind of stuff. And I started getting really fascinated by like. Uh, like playability and like musicianship and that part. And I, I started really appreciating technical drumming and, and guitar playing, you know, and it was something. Aggressive. Yeah. Like it was the, I was always more vocal driven in the music I consumed. And, and then I started really shock value stuff. And then I really enjoyed listening to things progress like that. And I, I think the, the first heavy band that I just, you know, other than like Meshuggah that I, just loved and adored and and i'm you know i call it a band where you're like it's the shut the fuck up band where it's playing on the radio or on someone's phone or whatever and then everyone's talking and then you're like shut up shut up what the fuck is this was tesseract is the first band that i heard that i was like i need to know who this is i need you to stop talking so i can shazam this and figure out like you know tesseract yeah tesseract's like the first band that I, i you know i i in recent memory I didn't hear about them until like probably 2014 or 2015. No, 2013 is when I heard of them. And not I didn't even hear their first stuff. I only heard like their 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 stuff with their second singer first. Oh, it's that. Yeah, and that's the thing that I heard that I was like, I need to know what this is. Um, I love every single album they've ever done. I, I like to say our old music, I used to call us Depressor Act. It was like Depressed Tesseract. Is our, our first depressed. Maybe that's why I like your band so much. Well, our, I'm our depressed, new, <laughs> and I like Tesseract. Like <laughs> yeah, and so so then. Wait, wait, why didn't you say Depressorac though? Depressorac. Yeah, that's sort of been our band name, Depressorac. Depressorac. Yeah, that's what I call ourselves, Depressorac. Oh, I thought you said depressed Tesseract. Depre- yeah, well, Depre- I, I was just explaining my my um my new word, okay. but um, yeah, okay. I love that band. Oh, okay, sorry. Love that band. Um, and really, other than that, I, uh, I loved. I loved Enter Shikari a lot when I was younger. I loved, I just like fluid bands that like flow back and forth through what they do. And of course, um, I actually stray from the path as a band I really loved growing up because I, I love, you know, Rage Against the Machine was like the first band that I, that's what my original band sounded like. We sounded like Rage Against the Machine when we first started out with, I didn't rap, but I, you know, I was just ripping. I was just singing, sassy singing. And I'm just drawn to that, the feeling of like, you know, not a billion backtracks going on and just like there's yeah. one guitar. And it, it, when, when they're doing a lead, there's no rhythm playing sometimes. And that's cool. And it feels great. And it feels more real. So I, I so, love. So nice to only have fucking four people as well. Love. Hell yeah, dude! It rules. So I, I was. The best. I was really happy to get to do that tour I did do with, with Stray because I got to watch them for free every night. <laughs> well, it, free technically for me, but you know it's expensive to tour. But I was, it was like I got to pay for them and watch them every night. It was great. Well, we'll do another one right before we fucking wrap this up. I need your top five artists of all time, even though you've just given me a bunch of artists. <laughs> top five of all time? All time. Well, I uh, uh, Beyonce is my favorite singer of all time. And artist. That's good. Yeah. I love, I love every one of Beyonce's songs off her self-titled album, and I love every song off of Lemonade. And Wait, her new shit. She just keeps getting better and better. I love all her new shit. She empowers me to show that, like, you can get... If you work hard enough, 
and are and are at a certain point you can and I think someone like Rihanna is the same way where you can just start to make whatever you want and it becomes popular music um so I that's my goal in my life is to just yeah. whatever I create Do is we, popular music because I made it you know that's what I am trying to do with my life like, yeah hey guys I'm doing a new thing like it of course you do okay yeah next. and i think that that's uh, not me being arrogant it's just like i love that i well, love like oh, i'm gonna try this new thing and i freak out about it for months and then i put it out and everyone's like yeah we're in and i'm like oh, it's freeing God. it's really freeing and really liberating i i that's why every time we put a song out you know i keep thinking i keep i keep worrying that people are going to start doing like Star Wars gifts at us of like Obi-Wan Kenobi being like, you are the chosen one and you fucked it up. I mean, you're going to uh, prepare yourself because you're going to get some of that. Yeah. That's why we haven't made it yet. We haven't made it until that happens, until people start being like, fuck this band. I don't like, I only like their old stuff. Like they, they changed, they sold out. Oh, that's what everyone says about everyone. Yeah. So until that happens, that's when I'll know that I'm really... I'm really starting to get to where I want to get when I start seeing that. Right now we have, it's just, I feel like I'm living in a, a, a protective bubble of safe space. You positive know? press. Yeah. You're so, just getting positive press. Yeah. Right, give me more artists. Give me some more fucking artists. Well, I, I'm hungry. I think, I think Mashuga. Because yeah. I, I, because I just, I feel like we're just all, We've just all been Sorry. trying to recreate. <laughs> We've all been trying to just recreate our first time hearing Mashuga, and that's like what, like Gent and Metalcore and all this like really low tune stuff is just. We're all just trying to do that, and we we just can't do it. Like yeah, only there's Mashuga songs from '94, yeah, which are, are still being ripped off now, whether or not people know it. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, and it, so I just feel like they are the epitome of just perf- perfect musicianship and uh, perfect technical ability and then still somehow managing to keep a song like that engaging so i love that band i don't even list like i i don't even go oh, i know every mashuga song i just th- that band is like my eternal reference of heavy music that i i, oh, I continue to go back to and listen to um and God, other than, for other than that, um, I I love um, I love Erica Badu. I love Erica Badu. I love Bjork. I love everything would be from more of like my childhood. So like um, I love Outkast. I think that's one of my favorite groups because I just love the fluidity. Anything like that that's really fluid. I would say most of my top. 10 things that I love aren't metal um, because it's not when I, you know, in that youth, when you like discover your music taste, like I, I metal metal is my partner in my more elderly part of my life. You know, my youth was more um, commercial music. Um, so I, I, and I, I have to, I think I've already done five, but I have to put Prince in there as well. I think Prince, nice. Prince is other than Beyonce. I think Prince is like my favorite artist. Um, I just, again, it's always like technical ability mixed with uh, unique song structure that I just love. And I, and I love, I love like stream of consciousness vocals where they're just like, it's okay if it doesn't keep returning back to 
the original yeah, intent that. of the song. So I love Prince. I think like 1999 and like Purple Rain is like one of the best. I just had the weirdest deja vu. It was really strange. Dude, I have the every like, I have that every day now. I I keep I keep my life is so weird. <laughs> like like being in this weird like I'm reading all this stuff about my life, but my real life is me just sitting around not doing anything. You know. Vanilla sky. That's how I feel. Yeah. Like, I just had the weirdest deja vu. You telling me about Prince and then it was like at the same time I was experiencing this conversation somewhere else. It was really weird. Probably because there's been several drunk women in your life that have cornered you being like, I love Prince. <laughs> no he no, speaks to like me raspberry you beret were me, you were telling me and we were on facetime but also i was in a different place like a weird linear time i've probably you probably were at a show in the uk one day when i used to tour and then i and then i just started probably drunkenly telling this guy that i love prince and then you were like i gotta get out of here it was probably so me. i facetimed someone else and then that's why it <laughs> Oh, okay, we got it, we got it. <laughs> so do you have the time for me to spread the good word about Prince? About, about Prince. Is that yeah. your English accent? That's quite good. My English accent is more like, okay, Michael's parents are British. Michael's dad's from Manchester. Hey! Michael's dad's from Manchester and his mom's from Yorkshire. And so... Ooh, but, Northern! Come yeah, the Northerners! But Barry is Michael's dad and he... My, my, my accent is like pure fake news like I, we just make him sound like that he's like that's not how i sound but we always go oh like a fucking butler i can't believe you've done this i can't believe it man i can't it's terrible no like we're, our joke with barry is like if i was like barry we're gonna be on the cover of this magazine he'd be like is it is that a digital cover is that print mate yeah all right it's funny because yeah. There's no way someone from Manchester is going to sound like that. You are doing fucking <laughs> the worst. Russell Brand in getting to the Greek. I know. That's so what he, you're doing. So he has to just really, he has to just very patiently listen to me do my horrible accent. And then he's just like, that is absolutely not what we sound like at all. But And, and Michael's mom, I just go, oh, it's lovely. It's absolutely lovely. Oh, <laughs> oh isn't it lovely? And she's like, again, that's uh, you've known me again, for 10 no. years. And that is not what I sound like, and it's very right, offensive. But <laughs> oh, I bet they're excited for Leeds, though, because they'll be massive for them. They are. Like, they're so excited. Having a kid playing Leeds Festival or Reading and Leeds is like... I hope they can come. The, the biggest thing, like from the city, if you're in any of those northern cities or if you're in Reading or London, when you're growing up uh, and your, your parents are probably... When you've grown up and you've left house and your parents are like, yes, they're still doing the music. Oh, have they played Reading and Leeds? Yeah. They'll be doing that next. And now it's like, well, actually, yes. Well, you know, like we have the, we always have the cheeky British digs all the time. So I'm sure Barry, Barry's going to be like, oh, it's on the, it's on the little stage, is it? I didn't realize, uh, I didn't realize there was a little stage. That's what he's going to oh, say. And I'd be like, Barry, pipe down. But I, I really hope they can come. Um, they've, they are half vaccinated. So hopefully they can get their vaccinations. And then they, they live in Canada, but you know, they're, they're British. And then I, I'd love for them to be able oh, to come over. Okay. But if they can't come, you know, the rest of Michael's family that still all lives in the UK, they can come rock out with us. But I, sh I sure hope they can come. There's nothing cooler than your family watching you play. Which I haven't experienced I very it. much. 
They my mum actually at Reading Festival, the first time I ever played Reading Festival, we had um, a bottle of Jack Daniels on the rider. My mum and dad drank the whole thing. Oh, hell yeah. And my mum came onto the stage while we were playing at Reading Festival <laughs> in front of the drum riser. And took a video of me and then walked back off the stage. And I like, I lost it while I was playing. Oh I was like, this is absolutely God. the most, the funniest thing on fucking earth. Oh. And then, and then afterwards I was like, what were you doing? She was like, I just came on the stage to take a wee picture. My mum's Scottish. Um, and then I was like, we were playing a song. Like, it's fine, but, oh, it was when I was in BWP. Oh, Louis was on stage. Yeah. Louis was, <laughs> Louis was, Louis was singing. Well, Nick, Nick was there. Nick was playing guitar. You were the only person who was not in the band that came onto the stage. It was so fucking funny. Man, I love that. I That's so cool. There's so many parents that no matter what their kid does, they just never understand it because it's not the type of music they like. And therefore they think they can't comprehend that there's like this whole ecosystem that they're not a part of that also loves that music. And so it's been so cool getting to watch my parents and Michael's parents start to kind of discover this music and learn all about all the other bands. So, you know, like I'm sure Barry, he'll probably listen to this and then he will educate himself on the bands that you've been in to learn a little bit more about you. So I don't know if you have any messages for Barry Stringer. Barry, Barry, Barry Stringer, just listen to the the two latest Straight From The Path albums. (laughs) I I wasn't on the other ones, so they don't count. Good, Um, he'll make, I'll make sure that he only listens to the Craig one, the Craig years. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, every, everyone should really. So yeah, it's it's cool. Honest. It's cool getting the when the when the parents start to be very open to all that other type of music that they've never heard before. Um just to kind of get oh, to Josh, know your band more, you know? Jo- Josh from Architects and Silosis. So Josh's dad is a fucking legend, but he when Silosis started getting bigger he started buying the metal magazines that came with Silosis. And then his dad got super into like brutal death metal. That's so cool. His his dad, who's like fucking 60s, maybe even fucking 70 by now, was like, Josh, have you heard the new... And it'd be like, I can't even remember, like he would just suddenly... Josh didn't even realize his dad was buying these magazines because Silosis were in it, but then he was like listening to the CDs that would come with it. And he'd be like... Josh, I've just picked up the new uh, Psychroptic album. What do you think? Oh <laughs> my god! Like, what the fuck? My dad, and it was yeah. like real technical, brutal death metal. My dad's like that too. Like he he last year, I remember my dad. He started really researching all these bands that are in this genre, and he was like, "All right, I've, so I've here's who I think." He's like, "You know who the poppin' band is right now? Polaris." He was like, "That's what I'd like you guys to get to by next year." is to be at the Polaris level. Yeah, that's a good shout. And I was just like, dad, that's very that's a, that's a cool great of you. Show. I was like, that's like a very, like, that's, that's good. That's, good take. That's a really good take. I was like, that's a, that's perfect. So he really like is learning a lot about that and all the different, like the festivals and the producers and stuff. And so, you know, it's so funny having, you know, your dad text you to be like, Hey, that new Bring Me the Rise, an interesting take. They did the EP. Do you feel like that song is giving a like kind of like a black metal vibe? You know, there's some blast beats in there, like that kind of stuff. That's so funny. Yeah. The parents, they're still, you know, you can teach the old dogs new tricks. I love it. All right. I'm fucking, I'm enjoying this, but I'm so hungry. I told you. I told you I was going to keep you going. 
I have to well, go off good. for a lunch. We started early. I have to go to a lunch now. Um, what are you having? I, I don't know. know. It's going to be a Mexican place. Um, it's, jealous. So jealous. It's the, it's the week before we leave, so we're doing all our like farewell business lunches, and it's awesome because then everyone, then we just like go, oh, I, I insist, and you take your card out, and then they go, no, 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 no. Oh, love And it. we go, oh, you, You've oh. had... Um, You've had fucking FC, Francesca, on your podcast. Yeah. Love it. Love it when Unify. I, obviously, I love her because she's the fucking best anyway. But then it's like, oh, yeah, we want to go to this. She, she, she took us to this, like, Breaking Bad um, themed, like, pop-up restaurant. And it was fucking amazing. <laughs> and it was like break, Breaking Bad cocktails. But then at the end, FC's like, nah, label's got this. Like, oh, I couldn't love you anymore. And then you drop that as well. Yeah, well, everything's so inexpensive here. We keep trying to, like, treat the nice people on our team. And we think that we're, like, doing some really amazing favor. And then we get the check and it's, like, $60. So we're just, <laughs> we're, like, we were trying to impress everyone. But we, you know, we are, we've, we keep forgetting that everything is so inexpensive here compared to where we live. So we have to, we haven't figured out the big fancy thing to impress our team. But if they want to keep buying us snacks, I'm good. It's fine. Get the snacks done. Uh, this has been amazing. Uh, send me your file. Okay. Tell me when I can release it. All right. Tell me what I can do. I will. And, uh, I will. I'll see you at Reading Festival. Yeah. With Post Malone. Well, just, yeah, just, you know, get them ready. Just be like, hey, wouldn't it be so cool if, like, there was this girl with blue hair and she was, like, yelling and screaming and then rocking and then also singing. And then he'll be like, yeah, Craig, let's go. And you're like, it's that happening right now. Cool. Let's leave the helicopter. Let's fly there in the helicopter. I mean, I don't think I'm on, I don't think I'm on that terms with him, but I could try and make it happen. Well, if you're not, let me know because then I can confront him in person and and I can be like, Craig sends his regards and like, you know. Oh, fuck. What was that? Acid? That's fucking... Wow. (laughs) You're coming in hot there. Right. Anything for controversy. This has been... That's it. Spirit box. Fucking some serious fucking allegations in 2021 of attacks on Post Malone. I'm going before either one of us gets cancelled. Thank you. Um, have a lovely day. It was really nice to get to meet you in real life. Kind of real life, Craig. I, we hey. we, we yeah. really we love everything you're doing and we quote you all the time. Anytime I'm happy. What do you mean quote? What do you mean quote? Well, one thing I say all the time if I'm happy, I say the ride is I go, the ride is dancing because you said that one time when you're watching a Matt Gartska video, because the rat, you know, like his rat, his symbol looks like this when he's playing. It's like, See, I don't even fucking know. And what you, said, said. you said, the, you're ride, the ride is dancing. And so I say that all the time. Cause like when I'm really <laughs> stoked. <laughs> you don't say it yeah. that theatrically. The ride is dancing. Do you, know, do you know what? Those fucking videos, the YouTube videos, I just do them. I forget about them. I put them immediate, immediately on the internet. I have no idea what I've said or what I've done. Well, keep doing it because it's just, it's so great for us and it makes, you know, it's simulating the thing that I think all the musicians miss is the watching your friends play shows, watching them just freaking rip and be in their element on their instrument and and then also just having self-deprecation and having jabs at each other and shooting the shit so i i love your stuff it's cool that the non-music people also are so drawn to it 
Like everyone loves it. So we keep, we are so happy. Oh, you're, you're too kind. And now I, I get to hear me. Picking you up. Now I yeah, get to hear me. <laughs> it's going to be a big fucking episode. Well, thank Just you. let me know when I can fucking release it. Awesome. I will, I will. And I'll, I will, I'm going to run now, but when I get home, I'm going to, I'll send you the audio for this. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. Okay. Have a lovely day. Thank you, Craig. Bye. Bye.